You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. After David Montgomery helped the Chicago Bears offense turn everything around last year, we thought he was going to be the workhorse of this offense in 2021 and beyond. But in comes Damian Williams from the Kansas City Chiefs to give the Bears a backfield platoon. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth, Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like LockedOnBears on Facebook or join the LockedOnBears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. On the show today, we'll be joined by Ryan Tracy, the host of Locked On Chiefs here on the Locked On Podcast Network. He's going to help us break down Damian Williams' time in Kansas City, the obvious Matt Nagy connection, why the Chiefs didn't bring him back, how the Chiefs' backfield has changed over the years, and how Damian Williams fit into all of that, and how he'll fit in Chicago trying to pair his skill set with David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. We'll also flip the script just a little bit and talk about Matt Nagy's time in Chicago and whether or not he could be destined to return to the Kansas City Chiefs coaching staff if things don't work out with the Bears. It's a continuation of our breakdowns of the newest Chicago Bears free agents. On yesterday's podcast, if you haven't heard, we had Cody Rourke from Locked On Broncos breaking down Elijah Wilkinson and Jeremiah Atauchu, new offensive lineman and edge rusher that will play potentially important roles in that rotation. And before that, we had Aaron Freeman from Locked On Falcons breaking down the new Bears starting cornerback, Desmond Trufant. We started off the week with ESPN's Sarah Spain in a great and fun conversation at that time, too. So make sure you catch up on all of this week's episodes of Locked On Bears if you haven't already. All right. Joining us now on the Locked On Bears podcast is Locked On Chiefs host, Ryan Tracy. He is, of course... A valued member of our Locked On Podcast Network family, co-hosting with Chris Clark over on Locked On Chiefs. He also does some great breakdowns on YouTube, RGR Football. That's RGR Football is the YouTube channel as well. Ryan, uh, the Bears and Chiefs have had a lot of ties together for a while now with with Matt Nagy. Uh, how have you felt being on the the good side of that relationship? <laughs> The good side is kind of a stretch. Uh, there's a lot of disappointment out there right now. And there there are some people in Chiefs Kingdom that would rather be in a building phase than dealing with the outfall of, of losing a Super Bowl. But um, I think it's been really interesting to see the progression of how uh, Matt's gone over there and had to deal with something that Andy hasn't really had to deal with since he came to Kansas City in being able to get his veteran quarterback in Alex Smith and then obviously drafting Mahomes. Um, I think Matt Nagy's done an admirable job trying to work through what the quarterback position is in Chicago. There is a large sector of Bears fans that would disagree with you on that, but that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. I wanted to touch on the one of the Super Bowl talents of the Chiefs departing this year in free agency, Damian Williams. Of course, he didn't participate at all in 2020, opting out of that season. 
Uh, I'm curious. I guess let's let's start there. You know, last year, even before Damian Williams had made the decision to opt out, the Chiefs used a first-round pick on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. A little bit of a surprise there, at least for some of us outside of Kansas City, kind of adding to an already crowded Chiefs running back room. How how have they sort of handled that rotation over the years? It seems like there's been a lot of I don't know if fluctuation is the right word, but guys coming in and out. There is. There's always new faces in the running back room. They like to keep it fresh. Quite frankly, they like to keep it on the younger side. So there's always a UDFA or somebody. If there's a UDFA on the roster, it's likely in the running back room. But they like uh, draft picks in there as well. And they generally pair them with a veteran to kind of be the guiding light within the running back room. Um, it depends on whether it was Eric Bieniemy when he was still the running back's coach since he's moved on to offensive coordinator. Um, that has changed a little bit, but not very dramatically at all. I think we have a perception outside of Kansas City that pretty much every running back they rotate in there is a small, fast, speedy, good receiver scat back out of the backfield. That Every single one that you rotate through there, until Le'Veon Bell gave us a name that we all recognized, it's it feels like it's a lot of the same generic receiving back out of the backfield, and no one's really that true bell cow type running back. How would you describe Damian Williams' skill set compared to other running backs that he was in the rotation with in Kansas City? He was, at the time, one of the bigger backs. I wouldn't call him um, a scat back by any means. He's got a nice blend of a little bit of power. He's clearly great catching the football. Um, Got a little bit iffy when they tried to send him down the seam and into space in the middle of the field, but certainly on the classic swings, flares, wheels, the things that they want running backs to do, he has been at, at the very top of the game. They were small in years past uh, with uh, Charkandrick West, uh, with Spencer Ware, uh, where Damian became the bigger back. Then they brought in um, another UDFA in Daryl Williams, who's over six foot, you know, a good 220 pounds. And so he took that part of the load. And I think that really freed up Damien to be able to do more of what we saw in the playoffs in 18, in the playoffs in 20, in, sorry, in 19, along with the Super Bowl. And what I think will be the coming season in Chicago is that he's just a gamer when it gets to the late part of the season. He always puts up good numbers in the playoffs. He's a guy that I think you can rely on to do that because that's when he kind of wakes up. Um, he's battled injuries through the years, and that has been something during the regular season that has been a source of frustration. Um, but again, as the head of what was a rotation, that worked just fine. It seems like the fit in Chicago and that transition should be pretty natural in now a similar kind of rotation with David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. But we'll dive into just how that rotation could play out and how their skill sets might fit together in Chicago next on Locked On Bears. BetOnline.ag released updated futures odds for who's going to win the NFC North. The Vikings and the Bears and Lions haven't moved at all, but it's the Green Bay Packers whose odds have gotten even higher. Now a very clear far and away, away favorite to win the NFC North. The Vikings second at plus 375. The Bears not too far behind at plus 550. And absolutely no shot for the Detroit Lions in these odds at plus 2200. As I glance around the NFL, those are the lowest odds of any team to win any division. But we still got a lot of off-season left, and a lot is still going to change. So it's a fun time to get ahead and, and get some money down at betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code LOCKEDON 
to receive your free 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I know he's listed at, I think, around 5'11", 225. Uh, you know, you mentioned there he was a little bit on the bigger side compared to their other running backs. How how would you rate his speed? I mean, obviously he's not slow by any means, but, like, is it pull away from all defenders when he gets to that second level fast? Or, you know, where? how would you sort of compare him perhaps to other running backs or other skill set prototypes? Um, it's definitely not pull away from all defenders, no. But he can run away from the linebacker level. Um, safeties with good speed and obviously corners are going to have a chance to catch him if they get on their horse as he breaks out of the line. He is very good at accelerating into the second level and really hitting it at that point. Downfield blocks are important in the Chiefs running scheme, and I think that's going to be important for him in Chicago as well, depending on if they can get that outside zone is probably his best um, in being able to just see where he needs to go. I wouldn't say that cutback vision is his best, um, attribute, but I do think that once he gets on uh, that accelerator, he does pretty well. He does need some help, um, especially like you can remember the, the ceiling touchdown in Super Bowl 54. Um, it was a fullback block that sprung him, and then once he hit the corner, he had plenty to get there. It's just not total breakaway. I would actually say the 225 is probably a, a little bit heavy. I would say he, I want to say he played at about 213. Uh, in the Super Bowl season two years ago for the Chiefs. It seems like, you know, as I look at the the pro football focus stats on his missed tackles and his yards after contact, it seems like he's able to extend some plays uh, on his own. Is he a guy that is, you know, running through smaller defenders? Is he a guy that's running around smaller defenders? Or is he a guy that's just kind of, you know, people bounce off of him a little bit and he drags them for extra yards? How does he create on his own? Yeah, he's good, I think, at the point of contact at, at shifting his body angle to try to get a little bit skinny and deflect a little bit. I wouldn't say that he runs anybody over that isn't a defensive back, but he is able to take make what could be a square up tackle into more of a, a side stream that he can slip out of. And if you can get if he can get to the point where his shoulders survive contact and it's trying to be an arm tackle there at the lower body. He can generally generate enough power to get out of that. So I think that's a nice turn there. He's not Kareem Hunt who just survives anything that you touch, right? And he's not somebody like Clyde Edwards-Alaire who has to jump cut out of the way and really make people miss. He's, again, a, a middle ground. As I look back at the 2019 season, at least, and I know there was a, a lot of rotation in there with, with Darwin Thompson and Daryl Williams and Spencer Ware and LaShawn McCoy in there, it, it looks to me like Williams – had the most pass-blocking snaps of the group. Uh, do you have much of a sense of either, A, his reliability there, or B, I guess, how the Chiefs felt about him? You know, the, the utilization there, the, was was he their go-to? Is it safe to say he was kind of their go-to of the pass-blocking backs in those situations? No, I would not say that. Um, they were comfortable with him when they needed him in there. I'd say probably 80%. Um, they would use Daryl Williams, the bigger back, who is, has propensity for pass blocking when they really needed it. But they would prefer to have Damian out in a route than they would have to have him in blocking. So it really was situational, but they liked the way that he got on the linebackers and was able to cut off of them. Um, he did turn some things up, and he wasn't just that go sit out in the flat type of be the uh, relief for the quarterback kind of player. They were actually able to use routes that got him one-on-ones, got him in a point where he could actually take the ball and get some yak as well. 
I know you don't cover the Bears closely, but I know you, you're an NFL guy and you've covered certainly enough drafts to know David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen's skill sets. If you're if you're Matt Nagy and you're in Chicago and you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I best work Damian Williams in with David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen to be able to utilize their skill sets and find enough carries and, and targets for each of them, how, how would you try and balance that backfield? You know, if I know Matt, and, and Matt Nagy was someone that, was in Andy Reid's ear when you talked about running back balance and that kind of thing. I think you're going to let the younger backs take take the load. I would expect Montgomery to be the guy that you know is the first shot at certainly on running downs. But then you're going to sprinkle him in, and I, I'm going to be really interested to see whether it becomes Damian as the two and lead with that experience and then uh, try to limit his touches to not uh, promote injuries or anything like that. Um, and just see where Cohen comes in, I think might be the really spark plug, the dedicated deep pass, like you're third and 12 and you, and you need a first down. Like that might be where you want to go with Cohen. I'm not sure. But I think the really interesting thing is I don't think it has to be down and distance dependent. I think that both of them, um, I would like to see Damien split out. He does that well. It was something he did in the Chiefs offense as well and gives you another aspect of running routes on the line of scrimmage and, and trying to get that matchup thing. And I think Matt Nagy will take advantage of that. And I will say this. Um, I went to uh, elementary school in Schaumburg there in the city. And I remember the days when you had a couple of different backs that you could bring in uh, that you could kind of rotate. It wasn't just all Walter back in the day and that kind of thing. So I like the evolution here. And I think that among the three, I think Damien actually fills in a nice little gap in between that he can be a little bit, again, uh, more of an all-around guy that you don't give away what you're trying to accomplish when he's on the field. Well, you, you won over a lot of Bears fans with that last little sneak in there. You na- name-drop Schaumburg <laughs> and get Walter. If you say Walter Payton's name on the podcast, too, all of a sudden you're now a, a favorite guest of all time. So, Ryan, I really appreciate your insight, but don't go anywhere because up next on Lockdown Bears, we'll flip the script a little bit, and Ryan's going to ask me about... Matt Nagy's future and past in Chicago and whether or not a return to Kansas City in the near future could be in order. Keep it locked right here on Locked On Bears. We've got a pair of number one seeds matching up today in this enticing eight round of the Built Bar bracket to determine which flavor truly is the best of the best. Because every Built Bar tastes good, They're all covered in 100% real chocolate, low sugar, low calories, high protein, and high fiber. But we're trying to find out which one is truly the best of the best. And today's matchup is an absolute toss-up. Cookie dough chunk versus birthday cake. And the birthday cake kind of has sprinkles in it. It's delicious. It tastes like you're taking a bite out of cake, but it's a low sugar protein bar. But it's really hard for me to put anything past a cookie dough flavor with actual pieces of cookie dough in there. I got to put the cookie dough above the sprinkles and move cookie dough onto our flavorful four round of the bracket. You got to try all these delicious flavors for yourself. Go to builtbar.com and enter our promo code locked on 15 to save 15% on your next order. It brings me to Matt himself. You know, obviously we saw Doug Peterson be real successful, then lose out in his situation. How's Matt doing? Fill us in. <laughs> you know, it's it's not looking good at this point. And how much of that is exactly his fault is perhaps the hottest topic in Chicago sports 
now that Mitch Trubisky is out of town. I mean, that was going to, he was the polarizing one. And now it's like, well, okay, wait a minute. Is, is Matt Nagy good? Is Matt Nagy a good head coach? Is Matt Nagy uh, the right play caller? Because last off or last season, when things were really going south with Nick Foles, the Bears made this change to play caller to their offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor, who was the Bengals offensive coordinator before that. And they spent some time with the Dolphins prior to that. And there was always this kind of mystery that Nagy wasn't, and for a while, he wasn't saying who was doing the play calling, and we were kind of left to wonder. And then when Trubisky came back into the lineup after Foles was hurt, the Bears' whole offense kind of switched out of that Matt Nagy, Kansas City Chiefs system and to much more of a Shanahan-like system with a lot of stretch zone runs and play action to use Trubisky's mobility in a way that they probably should have been doing all along. But it felt like as Trubisky was developing, they wanted to make him be more of that pocket quarterback and be more of that, you know, general at the line of scrimmage and develop into that. We knew he was mobile and that was already his strength. So let's work on trying to get him to sort of fit this system and be accurate underneath and and try and get some yards after the catch and all the things that the Chiefs have had a lot of success doing. And it really wasn't until the very end here that Matt Nagy kind of waved the white flag on Trubisky and said, all right, let's get my offensive coordinator in here. Let's change up everything. Let's just try and win as many games as we can at the end of the year with Mitch to kind of try and save my job. Because if Nagy and the Bears missed the playoffs this year, even at eight and eight or how they just squeaked in as the seventh seed. We weren't sure if Matt Nagy was going to be able to hold on to his job. And when they had lost six games in a row, we felt like he wasn't going to be able to. And it was, it was fairly miraculous that they pulled out enough to make the postseason and give them at least one more year. Okay. So that makes total sense to me. And, and I like Matt and I feel like he, I think that whole Trubisky thing has been a challenge for him. Fair enough. So when you look at the future here, like I like to see how the Andy tree read shakes out. Do you think a, that he can keep his job with, what they have here. And do you think that this quarterback is actually going to be able to play Matt's offense or do they have to tailor again? That's why it's so confusing and so frustrating for Bears fans. It's like the, the idea was like last offseason, Nick Foles was going to be Matt's guy. You know, they'd worked together in Philadelphia. They had, had certainly had a lot of experience in Philadelphia's system without Matt Nagy there. So like that was that was going to be Matt's guy and they were going to see what Mitch could do. And then as soon as Mitch was you know hit kind of hit that second or third week of the season and they realized he still wasn't getting to that next level they yanked him they put Foles in and and people were surprised with how quickly they made that but like Foles did not work this was not a good fit I mean and part of it was the whole team around him really started to crumble they had COVID on the offensive line and they were starting actual undrafted rookie free agents as their starting offensive line against Aaron Donald you you can kind of guess how well that's going to go so like did Nick Foles get a fair shot? Probably not. And then, so then has Matt Nagy had a fair shot with his quarterback? Probably not. But you, you kind of look back over the last four years and you'd like to think that, you know, Matt Nagy with a number two overall pick at quarterback, even with Trubisky's limitations, that you'd like your head coach to be able to make it work a little bit better than he has been able to with Trubisky. And now it's like, we still don't really know how good Nagy could be. And, I, and we don't feel like, Andy Dalton is going to be the quarterback that really answers that for us. That's uh, an interesting point. Like who can answer what part of it? And that's fill us in from your perspective outside of chief's kingdom. Clearly is the perception that players in the system need to be in this system specifically with Andy. We just found out that Demarcus Robinson's resigning in Kansas city. I thought he was a prime candidate to go to Chicago and help move that offense along in the direction that Matt Nagy wants to go. Is that not what people see from outside the KC Metro? Yeah. The problem is it's like this bears offense hasn't had an identity 
for a while. And Matt Nagy has talked all along about we need to find an offensive identity. We need to, you know, we need to run the ball more, he kept saying. And the Bears just wouldn't. Like, you know, they had a game where they ran the ball seven times. And he's like, yeah, you know what? That's on me. We got to run the ball more. And then they just didn't. And there were so many opportunities, like, where he wants to kind of be a, two, you know, a two tight end, heavy personnel for Trubisky and get some of that under center and some of that play action. And they just, they were so hesitant too, and we're not exactly sure if that was Matt Nagy's play calling or, or if that was you know part of the game plan or whose influence that was. There's a lot of this like unknown assignment of blame, and so like this off season, we're still not sure like what the what the offensive identity is supposed to be now with Andy Dalton. Do you go back to the Matt Nagy Kansas City style of like you know short underneath West Coast offense over the middle to get things kind of working to take some of that pressure off your quarterback or? You know, do they stick with more of a Shanahan style mobility, you know, stretch zone play action type offense with Andy Dalton or what's going to be most comfortable for him? And then, you know, trying to plug Allen Robinson and all those other guys in it. They certainly would love to add a receiver like Demarcus Robinson, but then you throw in their their financial fall down and they've had to cut some really good players. And it's just it's really, really messy. And again, makes it difficult to know, is Matt Nagy doing a good job or is he just had some poor general managing above him i'm not even going to get into that one because (laughs) that's a whole different show but it does bring to light like if he is struggling through personnel decisions whoever he's he's able to put on the field bottom line last thing that i need to know do you think he survives this coming season in chicago or is it going to be chiefs kingdom screaming to have him back in the chiefs offensive staff there's a mystery right now there's a the, the feeling in chicago is that perhaps he and the general manager got a silent contract extension, that the way they've been acting this offseason hasn't been quite the way that you would think someone exactly saving their job and feeling like they don't have a contract. There's there's that rumor nothing's been confirmed, and they refuse to answer at press conferences how many years they have left on their contract. But I think if the Bears don't draft a quarterback early in this draft, then I think Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are both going to be gone. I'm not confident enough that the roster is going to be good enough to save their jobs, but... You, you know, especially if they trade up for somebody, which I think a lot of Bears fans have their fingers crossed for. But you know, if they stay at twenty and draft Mac Jones or trade down and get like Kyle Trask or Kellen Mond, I think an early quarterback might be enough for them to go to management and say, "See, he played the last six games of the season after we benched Andy Dalton, and we've got a future to build on here." But if 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 Dalton is truly, if it's Dalton Foles competing week one, and there's no other rookie or anything in there, it's hard to envision things going well enough for the Bears to want to keep going along. And I think if they fire their GM, they're going to fire Matt too. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Fill us in on where the Chiefs are outside and uh, we'll get you back on here another time. Thanks again to Ryan Tracy from Locked On Chiefs for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. As things start to slow down a little bit with free agency, we'll be turning our attention more and more to the NFL draft, try and get a better sense and a better understanding of all the different prospects that will be available, get some scouting reports together, and make sure we're prepared for whoever the Bears are going to take, especially in the first few rounds of the upcoming NFL draft. So looking forward to that in the coming weeks. We're going to have a big Lockdown Podcast Network mock draft in the works as well. That's going to be very exciting. Some big-name special guests set to join us for that as well. So a lot of cool stuff coming your way. I hope you'll keep tuning in and keep following along with us. It's a great way to kind of get through these off-season months when the Bears football can be a little bit few and far between. But I hope at the very least, the podcast helps you bear down.